Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale loan to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. Mace, how are you, my friend? Dude, all right. How you doing, dude? I'm good. Are you an ultimate dude? I'm an ultimate dude, yeah. yeah. Uh, yesterday, I was eating lunch, and an uh, uh, old crown popped out of my mouth. And I am the guy that where everybody needs two shots of Novocaine, I need about eight. Because uh, my mouth is really sensitive. I don't mind the grinding of the metal thing on my mouth, which I always find... But you're it, sensitive to pain. So you're a, a sensitive dude. It's not that I'm sensitive, funny guy. It's it, I don't know what it is with the nerves in my mouth, but have you ever eaten ice cream and you get that sensation in your mouth where it's so cold it kind of hurts for a second? I've had it rarely, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, well, multiply that by a thousand if a drill hits my mouth. Okay, and and I literally jump like a fish in a boat. Literally, I, literally. So you kind of hop around the uh, the floor of the dentist's office. You think I'm joking? No. I'm not. In that chair, I literally. Well, I'm not joking. It's I just the jump. whole. The, the word "literal" kind of gets my spidey senses I, tingling. I literally jump. <laughs> When that happens, so that's why I have to be shot up with so much Novocaine. When they take that metal thing, they stick it in your mouth. Yes. And what I find funny is dentists will tell you don't put metal in your mouth and sharp things, yet they do it themselves. Because they're professionals. That's the thing. It's like, right. it, you know how you see something that says, don't try this at home? Right. Yeah. Right. But you have the dentist try it at a dentist right. office because you're trusting right. their training. Right. By the way, is there malpractice in dentistry like there is in medicine? Well, I hope there's no malpractice going on with the procedure I just had. Why? Well, what made well no, I'm just saying, up? like, if something goes wrong, do you have the right to sue? I'm guessing and you get, do. And get a, a nice uh, chunk of change. You mean, like, if uh, if they tell you you need a root canal, but actually it was a cavity? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, why? What made you think of that? I'm just wondering, like, if... if are, you look, are you looking to get some free cash out of something? No, I'm just saying, like, when dental care goes wrong, I'm wondering if the... Uh, if the patient has any sure. legal recourse Why in much the same way as you would if, if a surgery went wrong, like if you went in for an angioplasty and they and they gave you an ACL repair. Right. Well, I'm sure that happens every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, you know, veterinarians, they have uh, malpractice insurance as well. Okay, there you go. Right. I, I but everything went okay, though. We're not talking about malpractice with your dentist. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. Think, I don't know how we got on this topic, but no, I think I'm. I think I'm I'll just be, making I think sure I'll be okay. I am making sure for your sake, right? All contingencies are covered. No, I think you're trying to find a way to make a quick buck. Something having to do with, you know, medicine. I mean, your wife is a, is a doctor. Well, I'll just I'm say, sure she has malpractice insurance. Well, part of it is also I would say that uh, my experience with the crown that I do have has been less than satisfactory. Well. That's why. You might want to call your attorney. I'm sure Frank Azar can help you out. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. 
Melvin Gordon did not practice for the second straight day. Vic Fangio says Gordon is 50-50 for Sunday night against the Chiefs. Uh, you and I had a conversation last week, and I said, hey, I'd like to see Javante Williams get the majority of the snaps. I'm not suggesting I want him as a bell cow back like Henry or some other guys who are the main backs in their system. But I got to tell you something. I'm not excited that Melvin Gordon might not play because Mike Boone's going to play. But I would like to see Javante Williams get 65% of the snaps when running the ball. I want to see what this guy can do with 20 carries. I'm not, I hope Melvin Gordon's going to be okay. I like their one-two punch. However, I do believe this is a good opportunity for George Payton to see, hey, do we need to have as much of a one-two punch as we do this year and pay a running back a decent chunk of change in order to have that. It's good to it's good to get that evaluation, no doubt. That being said, if it's a normal situation, Melvin Gordon's healthy. I like the basically 50-50 mix that they have. Okay. Because there are things that Melvin Gordon does better than Javante Williams. I'll give you something else. Like there's less, you know, there, there's less of a variance. Like Javante is like one yard, zero yards, one yard, loss of one, 30. No, I, he's not like Barry Sanders, and he's nothing like Barry Sanders. That was Barry Sanders. No, Barry uh, Sanders was play like, by play. No, Barry line. Sanders was 70. But the point is, but the, the point is, Javante Williams gets a lot of his yardage from the long runs when he's got a huge hole in front of him. Melvin Gordon is better at kind of getting the stay on schedule runs because he's able to capitalize on a quick flashing gap in a way that Javante Williams cannot yet do at this level. I think I have to partially disagree with that. When Javante Williams doesn't have a hole, he just breaks a whole mess of tackles and then it's 30 yards. You know, he gets, gets stuffed. Like he breaks tackles in the open field. I guess maybe he breaks things the, the, a little bit differently. Yeah. He breaks tackles in the open field. Okay. I mean, that's, and it all comes down to the fact that Melvin Gorn's a seven year veteran who knows how to read and react to holes, to holes faster. Javante he has better vision. Yeah, he has better yeah. vision. Javante Williams, if you give him a big hole, he goes right through it and it's an explosive play. And he's got better top end speed. And so the bigger play is going to be bigger with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, I'll throw this at you. I don't think Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams is the best combo. You know what I think the best combo is? Take Mike Boone and pair him with either of those guys. They have different running styles. One guy's fast, right? The other guy is more of a bruiser, for lack of a better phrase. When you put Javante Williams in there and Melvin Gordon, they're similar backs. I mean, I hate to use the fire and ice, you know, the Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstock. So why do you think that? Why do you think Mike Boone is still waiting for his first uh, carry of the year? He's got one catch. And in fact, they I'll, I'll give you two. Reasons. They keep using him when they do put him out you, there. They keep they, they have him go in motion and run a yeah. route. I, okay, for starters, I'm not I'm not so sure I'm really crazy about the way Pat Shermer utilizes his talent anyway. So maybe I can make three reasons. Okay, number one, they're paying Melvin Gordon a lot of money. They're not paying Mike Boone a lot of money. They're going to get. They're their, paying Boone more than they're paying Javante Williams. 
well, that's because exactly. one well, I guy's know a rookie. I, I know why Please, they're paying yeah, yeah. him. Are you really but if you're, going there with Yeah, you? I'm going there are because you you're... you for an argument? And no, you're, you're saying you, Mike Boone makes more than a, than a rookie? You, well, you, of course he you, does. You just made the financial argument. The financial argument is for Melvin Gordon because he makes more. But then, and, but then again, but so fine. If he, if you're, if you're making that argument, then why isn't Mike Boone getting reps, even though his salary says he should be getting some reps? Well, because he's been injured for the majority of the year, and Javante Williams has shown he can play. Are you looking to pick a fight? I'm not going to pick mean, a fight. I'm just trying to pull. I'm, Jeez, I my mouth is killing me because of a crown, was, and now you're aggravating. Oh, now you're now you're asking for sympathy. because now it hurts. You're like a sharp pain. No, you gave me an opening and I had to go for it. No, there. but it's, uh, listen, yeah. you, for for a smart what, what's a, what's a good argument for Mike Boone not touching the ball? He's been injured for most of the year. Javante Williams. He's been back for he's been back since the middle of October. And by then, Javante Williams has shown he can play as a second round pick. Let me finish. You know the guy can play. You know you want to give him more carries. And Melvin Gordon's played pretty well. I mean, I mean, Outside of a couple of fumbles, which I don't want to totally dismiss, you are not going to bring in Mike Boone for Melvin Gordon. Mike, and yeah. you're not going to bring in Melvin Boone. You're not going to bring in Boone for Javante Williams. It doesn't make any sense when you have two guys who are running the ball well, you stick with them. All I'm trying to say is, is that Boone is more of a change of pace back and it gives the defense more to think about. If Gordon it, and if Williams he, are more... Can you, if he were that good as a compliment, wouldn't they have tried it already? Well, I tell you what. When you find the first running back trio that has been successful in NFL history, get back Or to like me. last week, Melvin Gordon got hurt early. There was an opportunity, but Gordon went back out there, even though he was hurt to the point where he hasn't practiced this week. Generally speaking, Melvin Gordon's had a pretty good season. He's averaging, what, 4.5 yards a carry? Right. He's, he's scored the most touchdowns of anybody else, at least running the ball. Why the hell are you pulling him out? And then you're paying him all that money. It doesn't make any sense to pull him out. If you want to do an apples-to-apples apples comparison on salaries, then we need to use Boone and we need to use Gordon, not a rookie. You are smarter than that. I am smarter than that, but, so, you're, I mean, you're, the, but you're the one who brought the financial argument in when you mentioned Melvin Gordon. So Mace, my, my question to you Mace. is, why isn't Mike Boone, who is making more so than Javante Williams right so, now, okay, well, why isn't he playing? Because Javante Williams has been terrific. I, and I'm, 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 but you're saying that Boone should be going in there, and I'm saying, and I'm saying no. You know who that argument? You know who that argument works well with? Hmm. Somebody who doesn't understand football salary cap and rookie contracts doesn't work with me. My point but you, is, but you, you brought the financial in. Not me. I, I brought it up for Melvin Gordon because it's true. You are going to play Melvin Gordon because he's getting paid and it's more true money. That, and it's also true that Mike Boone is getting paid more than Javante Williams. And you're arguing to play Mike Boone more. I didn't say I'm arguing to play. You said that was the better that it was a better combination of Mike Boone with either of those two I, because it, of the skill set. It is a better combination, but they're not going to do that, and I understand why they're not doing it. Both guys are averaging, talking about Gordon and Williams, over four yards a carry. And they've had explosive plays. And both guys have scored touchdowns. There's no reason to make a switch. All I'm saying is, in general, from a game plan perspective, you want a change of pace guy. That you know that as well as anyone. I'm not as anyone. I'm not saying that Boone should get more carries. I'm saying I would rather have a bruiser and a change of pace guy as my rotation. But with the way that Gordon and Williams have played this season. No, I'm probably not making that switch. But what 
technically is a better combination when you have guys with different skill sets. Yeah, but what if the change of pace guy is small is smaller and not a good blocker? Because one thing that you do is actually Boone not a good blocker. Well, we have we haven't seen enough, but he's a smaller back. He's uh, Melvin Gordon. His strength is as a blocker. Javante Williams was a good blocker in college at North Carolina. Still right. kind of working his way toward that. The one, the other thing is, if you have two guys with two different skill sets, you kind of tip your hand as to what you're doing. Whereas if they have the same skill set, having one or the other out there, it doesn't provide a tell to the opponent. Coming up after the break, I don't think it was a surprise to anyone. Steve Adazio got fired today. You can make the case he shouldn't have even been hired in the first place. Terry Fry, longtime sports writer, is going to join us next. He has covered CSU for years to explain why Adazio is gone and who could be next. That's next. I'm a wanted man. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Uh, I had procrastinated for a very long time about getting my will, my estate plan, my living will done. And, you know, listen, I'm in my 50s and you never know what tomorrow can bring. But I can tell you right now, I don't want somebody else making decisions for me than that I want to make myself. So that's why I decided to work with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzie firm. Uh, he did a fantastic job, answered all of my questions. He was patient with me. Andrew knows it's difficult to be patient with me, so that should tell you just how good Dan McKenzie is with that. Uh, you may not even know what a living will is. Bottom line is this. If you don't want to live in a vegetative state, do you want to be in a vegetative state, or do you want to say, you know what, I want somebody to pull the plug for me? That's the type of decision that you might need to make. That's a decision that you can make lawfully with Dan McKenzie and McKenzie Law. Go to themckenziefirm.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Terry Fry. He writes for Mile High Sports Magazine. Of course, you remember him from the Denver Post. He writes for Colorado uh, Hockey Now as well with our friend Adrian Dater. And he writes for his own website, terryfry.com. He has spent a good part of his career covering hockey. Of course, he has covered the Colorado State Rams as well. How are you, Terry? I'm doing fine. I've made that drive many a day and stopped at Johnson Corner for a cinnamon roll on the way up and the way back. <laughs> right, right. So so you really, is it worth the stop to get the cinnamon yes, roll? It, yes, it is. Okay. And and do you have a difficult time eating and driving at the same time? I never do that. Never, 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 ever, ever. Okay. Right. That's that's what I'm saying for the record. Hey, Aaron, in the last ad, you say you were in your 50s? Yes. You don't look a day over 49. 
You know what? If I've never heard that joke before. That is so fresh, Terry. You should stick to writing and not stand-up comedy. With that... How do you put up with that, Andrew? Uh, you know what? It, eventually, you just kind of learn to kind of tune it out after a while, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> kind of like our listeners. Yes. With that, hey, hey, with that, hey. Steve Adazio, uh, a very uneventful 4-12 and record as the head coach. But him being fired today, is it more than just the record? I thought the first question, if I had been there, I didn't get up there. But I think the first question was, is this about three and nine, or is this about something else, or is this about both? And I think the answer, you you know guys know, you ask questions knowing what the answer is. And the answer, of course, is that it was a totality of a lot of things. And, and I think he, if they'd been nine and three, of course, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, so in that sense, it's about three and nine. But it was about so much more than that. It was about the bottom line is let's come back, let's just get right to the point. The bottom line is he was a bad fit for Fort Collins and Colorado State. It was interesting. You mentioned the bad fit. I mean, the guy he never coached uh, anywhere. I think west of the of Mississippi. He's mainly an eastern guy. Why, looking back on it, uh, why on earth did this make sense to anybody? at CSU to bring in somebody who not only has no background in the region, but also was clearly appeared to be kind of on the decline as a coach. The, the mistake from the start was having Urban Meyer act as the coaching consultant. And that's not even a specific knock on Urban Meyer. It's that, that that's, it's not something he's supposed to be doing either. You know, he was on campus. He'd been an assistant at CSU, remembered it fondly and thought he was helping. And they thought he was helping them, but he, he had he, basically everybody. Most of the people interviewed were cronies of his, and and j- that's just not a good, healthy way to do it. And Steve Adagio had been through uh, coach head coaching stints at Temple, and and at Boston College, of course, but hadn't really impressed anybody there. And I thought it was kind of funny because I asked several people about this. You know, he didn't handle the press real well, but that's not the issue here. I mean, if we if we can't handle occasional combativeness, we should be going. We should be selling vacuums or something like that. But in this case, he'd he'd worked with the Boston Press, and I'm told that the reason he's that kind of that kind of didn't matter was because Boston College is not covered all that much by like the Boston Globe or Boston Major Boston Media, and so he he was able to kind of bully the people who who he, who covered them there, and so it really wasn't a preparation for this job. We are talking with Terry Fry. You can catch his work on terryfry.com. You can also read him in Mile High Sports Magazine as well and Colorado Hockey Now. Uh, Listen, when a team is not doing well, the coach comes under fire and then it becomes a feeding frenzy with the fans. Just look at what's going on with Vic Fangio right now. But no one would ever accuse Vic Fangio of being a jerk, being a bad guy. Might not be a very good head coach, and that's fine. How was Steve Adazio viewed in Fort Collins, well, unfortunately, he turned off a lot. Of, he turned off a lot of stalwart boosters, and by boosters, I mean in both senses of the word, the people who writing the checks and the people also supporting the program, and a lot of people who did both to a moderate degree of financial backing. And he he just he, they he just turned them off. And the last draw was when he got thrown out of the game on senior night, and then said it was a total rebuild, basically insulting. He'd been insulting the seniors and, and the players he inherited. And the contrast is, I remember covering Jim McElwain. You know, there are a lot of problems. Jim McElwain had a lot of problems with, with uh, his exit and all of that. But he made do with Steve Fairchild's players, never knocked, never publicly 
knocking. They were publicly belittled. And part of it was probably pragmatism. He's, he, he's saying, if I'm using this as a stepping stone job, I've got to win, at least to a certain extent, with Steve Fairchild's players. And so that's what, that's what he did. And I think that's something that Steve Diageo didn't seem to be suitable doing. It was very... It was very frustrating after games to hear him essentially say, "I just told the players in the locker room that we're, you know, this is a complete rebuild and it's brick by brick." And he, so he's he's telling them that he's inherited the program with those significant problems, and that that uh, if the players are smart enough, they should infer that he's talking about them. And I think they did. Did somebody staple a New York strip steak to your leg, and the neighborhood dogs have sniffed out the scent? No, I am out. I am out with uh, Vanny, the Afghan hound, uh-huh. who insisted on coming out right. at just the right time. He's, so I'm out, I'm out for a walk with Vanny, the Afghan hound. Did you bring a poop bag just in case? Yes, I did. Okay, I'm just, I just want to make sure that as a concerned citizen, I don't want anyone stepping in the remains of your Afghan dog. Yes, I, I have taken care of that. Okay. So where does CSU go from here? I mean, there's obviously a lot of buzz about, for example, Tony Alford, who's got connections to the university. He's at Ohio State right now as the assistant head coach, and uh, maybe him coming back. I mean, do they even uh, give Jim McElwain a call because he's had a, a couple of good seasons at Central Michigan rebuilding where, uh, rebuilding his career? Where does CSU go? Honestly, I've seen about 25 names, and I, I've, I've got five on my list. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same list they've got. Tony Alford, though, has been through the interview process with him, including the last time. And if I were that, if I were him, and I've said this publicly, if I were him, I, I'd say, "Hey, I've been through this before, twice, at least twice." And and you know, you know me. You've been, I'll be going through this with the same people if we do it again. You know me. Are you going to offer me the job or not? That's what I do if I were him. So I think they have to address that. And uh, Alford was also he got off. Brian Kelly also offered him a chance to go to LSU and he turned it down. And so you know, there's that on the table, too. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Vinny. Vinny wants to, uh, Vinny thinks they should hire Billy Gonzalez, the offensive coordinator in Florida. I think they should consider Matt Lubick if you're saying, well, that's because of his last name. Well, yeah, it is. because of that. This, this program needs healing. This program needs healing and moving forward. And so they, Matt Lubick would do that. He's been ousted in Nebraska in a scapegoated manner by uh, Scott Frost in a kind of a gutless scapegoating move. And, yeah, I asked Jim McElwain to at least check as a fallback. Uh, you know, it would take mending some fences, quite obviously. But uh, I think he left at least on terms that people people understood. And then Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator of the Vikings. I think his background is pretty well known. Uh, what, is the, what is the name of your dog that clearly needs to be fed? Vinny, V-E-N-I. Vinny, okay. Do me a favor. I want to ask Vinny, not you. I don't care what you have to say, Terry. I want to ask Vinny what he thinks of your website, terryfry.com, and all of the leather-bound books that you have written. Can you put the phone up to Vinny's mouth, please? Vinny, what do you think? Vinny likes it. uh, Now he's silent. Now he's silent. He spends a lot of time in my den with me as I'm writing, so he's he's very up on it. Apparently, apparently he, it's not that he's camera shy; he, he's radio shy. Yeah. He, he, you know what he's like? He's like a he's like a child where they always want your attention just when you get on the phone. Yeah, I apologize. I no, apologize for Vanny. No, it's it's okay. Next time when we have you on the show, walk your cat. We probably won't hear a word. Real quick, tell us about TerryFry.com. TerryFry.com, T-E-R-Y-F-R-E-I.com. It's got a, 
pretty much a panorama of my entire career on there, plus uh, details about the books, uh, commentaries, current commentaries, past commentaries, everything, and including about, uh, you know, did you see my uh, my brother was on the uh, National Dog Show again uh, last Thursday, and they beat the Oscars by about a million people. Well, if you train Vinny a little bit better, he might be able yeah. to go on that dog show, oh, too. No. No, no, no. He's too undisciplined. He's too undisciplined and incorrigible to be a show dog. Well, you know they say a, 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 a dog is just like its owner. Is that what you're saying about yourself? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, think it's, it's, I, I believe in the mirror image of, uh, or in the opposite image of dogs and owners. <laughs> Terry, I apologize. No, no, no. We 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 had fun. Tell Vinny it was an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. If we ever get a dog sponsor on the show, I'll send him something in the mail. Okay. okay. I'll send you a picture here in a minute. Please do. Please okay. do. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry. Thanks Mace. See you, man. Thanks. Ter- See you. Thank you, Terry Fry, terryfry.com. Coming up after the break, going into yesterday's game, the Nuggets had a chance to beat the worst team in the NBA. Didn't work out very well, and they are plummeting in the power rankings. Is this as bad as we potentially think it could be as the Nuggets are now under 500? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. All right, Nuggets lost in Orlando last night to a Magic team that had the worst record in the league before last night's tip-off. In the meantime, Nuggets are now underwater. 10 wins, 11 losses, currently holding down the 10th seed in the Western Conference. I know it's early, but at the end of the day, that's just where they're at. I'm just reporting the news here. CBS Sports also ranked the Nuggets 20th in their latest power rankings, writing this. The injury bug has hit the Nuggets in a big way as they are now expected to be without Michael Porter Jr. and P.J. Dozier for the season, in addition to Jamal Murray's uncertain, uncertain status. On top of that, Austin Rivers, Bones Highland, are in the health and safety protocols. I believe Bol Bol was just added to that list about an hour or so ago. And the missing players led to Wednesday's loss in Orlando to cap off a one-and-two week. Nikola Jokic did return to the lineup for the last two games and did everything he could, averaging 21 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists. Okay, only a quarter of the way through the season. But do you believe the Nuggets are going to be playing in that play-in tournament? As we sit here right now, we're just going to crystal ball it. Are they going to play in that play-in tournament where you're seed 7 through 10? They're going to be a 6 seed or higher, or they just might miss the playoffs altogether. Play-in tournament. Yeah. And the way they're looking right now, the way they're trending, it's going to be on the low end of the play-in tournament. I don't think it really matters. Well, it, it does. It's a one-game thing. If you're, the, but you're if, the, if you're the 7 seed, you've got a margin for error. Whereas sure. if you're the 10, you lose, you're done. 
Right. So that's that's where the Nuggets are training right now, having to go on the road in a in a single do or die game because you lost. Look, let's just take this current road trip here. It was nice to beat Miami on Monday night, but you have the Knicks and Bulls coming up Saturday and Monday night right. on the road. Knicks Knicks playing well. Bulls are just a better team right now. You can't rely on winning those games. Last, By the way, last night at halftime, do you know what the Nuggets' chances of winning were uh, based on the uh, the kind of the game pr- trackers at, in, at unpredictable.com? I am going to give you um, a very unscientific number. Okay. Very high. 96.4%. That's really high. When they were winning by 16 at halftime. Right. Orlando had a 3.6% chance of winning, and then abracadabra, razzmatazz, slam dunk, sesame, hocus pocus, they came back to win. By the way, those are lyrics to the old Orlando Magic song that they would play at games back when I was a kid. Right. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go on my little rant here. It's not really a rant. I'm just stating facts here. (laughs) Okay, looking at this lineup right now, who should be the second leading scorer, who needs to pull his weight as the second leading scorer with MPJ and Jamal Murray out, a guy who says, hey, I should be a starter in this league. Who should be that guy? Is it the guy with the initials WB? Yes, it is. Well, let's talk about his last Last couple of games. Last night, 5 of 13 shooting from the floor for 14 points. 14 points, I'm sorry, is not going to cut it if they're really depending on you. The night, the game before against Miami, a win, 14 points. Lost to Milwaukee, 17. That's okay, I suppose. But that was a loss. Against Portland, 11 points. Against Phoenix, the game before, 10 points. Hey, Will, Will, you said you should be a starter in this league. It's not like Michael Porter Jr. and Michael. It's not like MPJ and Jamal Murray are taking away your shots. I know everybody gets excited about that thirty-point performance that he had against the Pacers. I get it, but you can't follow it up with a five-point game. You just can't do it. That's why I'm not crazy about Will Barton. I'm not going to blame it all on him. They are injured. Hell, I'd rather play Bones Highland over Will Barton, but I'd rather have this guy on the floor. And I understand the loss of PJ PJ Dozier. If your season is crashing because you've lost PJ Dozier, that's a real problem. He was a good, very good defensive player. Second best defensive player on a team that quite frankly, isn't that great with individual defenders outside of Gordon, who's terrific and Jokic, who has gotten much better. What if I told you the last four games nuggets over those games have been minus 26 as a team on the scoreboard, yep. but Will Barton's plus minus in those four games is minus 40. What would I tell you? Well, I'll, <laughs> That they're I'll worse end- with him on the floor than when he's off the floor. And, and, and people get on me for why I'm not a fan of Will Barton. Here's the funny thing. Earlier in the season, he played better defensively. When he was on the floor earlier in the season, he was better defensively. That's why when I hear, oh, Will Barton put up 30 points, put up 25, put up 23, put up 19. Last however many games, 14, 14, 17, 11, 10. No one's taking your shots, Will. Now's your chance. You can't go up against Milwaukee and go 7 for 20 from the floor. You can't go up against Phoenix, a really good team, and shoot 4 of 15 from the floor. 
You want to be considered a player? Then play like a player. No one is taking your shots. This is your opportunity. And to me, he's showing me he's nothing more than average. And you know what? Tim Conley felt the same way same because way, he didn't give him starters money. Yeah, and average means that uh, at best, when it's a healthy team, he's the fifth or sixth best player on the team. I mean, right, right now, Aaron Gordon's a clear number two. Oh, uh, not even Mace. There's no one in the same Mace, galaxy as him right Mace, now. Mace, walk into Nuggets world yeah. with bloggers out there and fans. And Will Barton's the real deal, man. Aaron Gordon's a more complete player. Will <laughs> Gordon, Gordon's offensive game has improved. This guy he, knew should, he has the defensive game. He's always this had guy should game. not be one of your top scores, but he has improved his offensive game and yeah. good for him. But everybody loves themselves some Will Barton. I don't get it. Have never gotten it. And looking at these numbers, minus forty. Now I really don't get it even more. By the way, this is what's really a shame. And I understand we're only looking at stats here. The Nuggets being 10 and 11, you have almost pulled Jokic out of the conversation for the MVP, and that's a shame. He's the best all-around player in basketball. Yes, he is. All and he, around. And what he and, is. And you know he, what? You And better, and better, and better, yes, yeah. better than Antetokounmpo. Literally, if you took Jokic off of this team. Oh, they're, geez. They're fighting for the, they're in, they're not just in the lottery. Yeah. They're one of the top, they're one of the top two or three teams in the lottery in terms of yeah. how many ping pong balls they're getting. Well, but if you take Antetokounmpo off, yes, I know they have some other guys, but they're but Milwaukee's fighting to stay in the playoffs. They're, but you, you take but yeah, Milwaukee is fighting to stay in the playoffs if you take Giannis off. You take Embiid off. You take, well, take, take Embiid off. But you, they're, they're fighting but to if stay Jokic in the playoffs. Is, if you take Jokic out, this team is literally one of the three worst teams in basketball. Well, but, but if you put Jamal Murray on, they're not. You have a healthy MPJ, they're not. So you take him beat off the Sixers, that that's. But if you, you but if you had all those parts, but you took Jokic out. Oh, the, ten, Jamal Murray, a health, tenth tenth seed. Wait, a healthy Jamal Murray, a healthy MPJ, but no and Jokic, a, and Aaron Gordon, but no Jokic. Uh they're they're competing for a playoff spot for sure. They're yeah, they're 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 eighth to tenth seed. Yeah, that's competing for a playoff spot. Okay, yeah, that's bad. fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Some new information hitting the uh, news world today, the Twitter sphere, as it were, about the Broncos sale of that of the uh, team. They've been maybe making some progress in that direction. Some groups meeting with the team and the team meeting with others as well. We'll talk about what news is new in that whole situation on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. way you do it you play the guitar on the mtv that ain't working that's the way you do it afternoon drive with goodman and mason presented by silter har mazda a no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. Smilehighsports.com. You can reach us 
Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Maze Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, you know that I really like the golf. As a matter of fact, I am playing tomorrow because the weather's going to be nice. But I can promise you the weather's not going to be nice, you know, as we move forward. Eventually, we're going to get snow. Eventually, it is going to get cold. So how do you keep your golf game finely tuned? How do you get it better? My suggestion is this. You need to go to Optimum Golf, a place that I've gone in the past. You can find them in the Park Hill neighborhood, the Rhino neighborhood. You're going to keep your game sharp during the offseason. With that, I want to bring in my friend Kyle. He's one of the owners and one of the pros at Optimum Golf. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you this afternoon? I am doing great. Let's talk about your virtual golf setup. Uh, I have been there in the past. I love the setup. I love the courses I can play. Tell our listeners what they can do to keep their game in shape by going optimum golf. You know, I mean, playing indoor golf or being an indoor simulator facility really has taken uh, advantage by leaps and bounds in the last few years. Um, our newest facility in Rhino has five full-size bays. Each of those bays is 16 feet wide, so left, left-handed left players and right-handed players can play at the same time. Um, they're all overhead infrared launch monitors, so they need to read everything that the ball does. They're designed to be used indoors. Um, there's really no technology that's better for indoor golf than an overhead that's called photometric or, or infrared launch monitor. And both of our facilities have that unicorn launch monitor in addition to some uh, some foresight technology at the Park Hill store as well. Um, it's just about getting reps, about keeping and practicing, keeping having fun, you know, having a, a great time and, and keeping the game forefront in your mind if you want to keep keep getting better. How do people get involved in your leagues and tournaments? Uh, so those tabs will be coming up on our website here in the next couple of days. Uh, we're planning on launching our leagues on January 1st at the Rhino store. We're planning on having a two-person, nine-hole scramble league as well as an 18-hole individual stroke play league where you would have play every single week on Sundays and Mondays. It's funny when you go to places that have virtual golf and they have pros there, I'll be honest. I think to myself, you know, let's be honest, how good can the golf pro be, you know, off of a mat at a virtual place? Well, you guys have award winning pros. You have some of the best out there. Tell us about the people who can help you get your game, get better. I mean, our director of instruction, his name is Brad Alston. He was won the uh, CAGI Award for Best Instructor in Colorado numerous times. Um, he's, he's a phenomenal teacher, not just with great players. Like it, it's Sometimes it's easy to be a, a golf professional and teach good players. It's a lot, it takes a lot more work and a lot more effort and patience on both the player and the coach's side to take a, you know, a 25 or 30 handicap and turn them into a 12 or 15 handicap or help them develop to, themselves to get there. Um, you know, learning the fundamentals and, and learning the ins and outs of the game and mental game is difficult. It takes time. You know, the reason people love golf is because it is so hard. So, you know, our programming and our, our coaches, as well as our uh, associate professionals, Nikki Adams and Brandon Martinez, are there to, to help you get there. And they know the ins and outs of not only the swing, but also the mental game. Um, you know, the game is the same whether you're inside or out. You still have to make the swings. It's about right. choosing the right swing at the right time. All right, so if you want to play great virtual golf, you can play on so many different courses like Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines. You can host a private party there, as as Kyle just said. Uh, they have leagues and they have tournaments starting up. You can take lessons from their award-winning pros. Also, want to work on your putting, no problem. They have an indoor putting green as well. Where do people find you? How can they get a hold of you, Kyle? Oh, so our website is theoptimumgolf.com. 
Um, and our Instagram handle is uh, Optimum Golf Studio. It's a couple underscores in there. If you just search it, it'll pop right up. We're at 5059 East 38th Avenue in Park Hill and 3565 Walnut Street in Rhino. Uh, just type Optimum Golf into the old Google machine, and it'll pop right up. And, oh, by the way, don't forget, every Monday on the show, we give away a $100 gift card to Optimum Golf. You can use it for a lesson with Kyle, or you can get one hour in the simulator. Kyle, thanks so much, and have a great day, my friend. You as well. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy your round tomorrow. <laughs> thanks so much. I'll I'll try and hit him straight, and we'll we'll see. Us. I'll I'll probably let you know how I did. Send you some videos of my swing, and you could probably coach me on the uh, at the turn. How's that sound? That works for me. My man, have a great day. Yes, have a good one. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, according to Sportico, the Denver Broncos are uh, taking those small steps on the way to selling the team. They have met with several different groups that are interested in buying the team. They've also met with banks to get the proper valuation for the franchise. What is your overall feeling on how the situation is progressing as it seems more and more certain that the Denver Broncos will be sold. We get the bankers involved. These are bankers from potential uh, buyers of the team. And they're just, and, and this is where it's kind of starting to hit another level. Look, Joe Ellis did say at the start of training camp that the team wouldn't be sold until the off until the off season. But here's what this does. It's December already. It's I mean, des- we're getting close. Right, we're getting close. And the other thing is, if you're going to have a transition that can take place in the course of an offseason, it behooves you to do these sorts of things right now because even if you've got kind of an express lane sale, you're still looking at potentially four to six months between the team going on the market and the sale actually being completed. This might allow for a little bit smaller of a transition to get a new owner in perhaps by mid-June. A Broncos spokesman said today, unequivocally, the team is not for sale. You know what? The team probably isn't for sale. Technically not for sale, yes. But you know what? I'll liken this to real estate. When you're getting ready to sell your house and put it on the market, uh, maybe you stage it. Maybe you run comps to see what you might want to sell it for. Maybe you bring in a cleaning service. Maybe you bring in a, a, a painting service. You're getting ready. You are prepping to put the house on the market, just like the Broncos are prepping to put the house on the market. So no, it's not for sale, but like you are going to paint the inside of your home. That's what the Broncos are doing, finding out their value from the bankers, kind of like as well, you are getting comps on what you should price your house at. And the other thing is technically the team cannot go on the market until one last legal case, which is right. being brought by the estate of the late Edgar Kaiser, who owned the team from 1981 to 84, until that is settled because there is a right of first refusal that Kaiser's heirs claim they possess. So until that is firmly adjudicated, 
the team could not technically be sold. Okay, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, do what uh, my fiance did. Mandy, she went to Mountain High Appliance and she got herself a washer. She'd been meaning to do it for a long time. She got a great deal. She couldn't be any happier. Uh, they asked her all the right questions. They got her exactly what she wanted. Going to Mountain High Appliance, you want to work with the best, get the best products. That is Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break. Would you like to know what's coming up after the break, Maze? Yeah, please tell me. You know what? I'm going to. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. I bet you have. No, no, I'm no, I'm dead serious about this. This isn't like I'm just throwing it out there. I've been hearing so much. This is the biggest game since the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Justin Simmons says it's the biggest game of his career. How sad is that for all the history that the Broncos have had? That nearly six years after winning the Super Bowl, a six and five team, this is their biggest game. Since winning the Super Bowl. I got to tell you, that is just damn sad. By the way, what do Chiefs fans think about this game? Because we're propping this up as the biggest game since winning the Super Bowl. Just another Sunday. What do Chiefs fans think? We'll talk about that next. Business man there, the drink. 